right, all right. Welcome back. Welcome back. You know what time it is. It's another edition of the one and only Fan in the Van podcast time. And I know what you're thinking. Back-to-back episodes. Well, when it's the MLB trade deadline, you obviously got to do part one. And obviously, there's got to be a conclusion. And obviously, when I was done with episode one of this two-part edition yesterday, um... Obviously, the Mets decided later in the day to move two more pieces. Obviously, they moved Tommy Pham to the Diamondbacks. And they move yet your second ace in your rotation in Justin Verlander back to the fucking douchebags of Houston, the friggin' Astros. And now you have Scherzer in Texas and DeGrom in... Uh, not the Grom, Jesus Christ, I'm still asleep. You have Verlander now in Houston. You have Scherzer in Texas now for the Battle of the AL uh, Central. And it's almost like in the Dark Knight when the Joker takes the friggin' pool cue and he snaps it in half and he makes the two fight to the death. Uh, that's what this battle now is going to be between Scherzer and uh, Verlander. Uh, once teammates, now rivals again. And the the key thing is, you know, in all these trades with the Mets, right? Everybody, you know, you, you figure the Mets lose out on this, right? Well, not so much because in the Scherzer deal, you get Ronald Acuna's brother, Luis Angel Acuna, right? Who's supposedly one of Texas' top prospects, And he's apparently going to be just like his brother. So if it all pans out, you know, the Mets have their own Ronald Acuna through his brother. And they also got Houston's um, top prospect. I believe his name is Drew Smith. And then they got somebody else in the deal. But they also had to send a ton of money to Houston to cover at least a quarter, if not half, of what Verlander's getting this year. So, I mean, the future Mets win this deal as long as everything pans out. You know, as long as these prospects become the guys that the Mets think that they will be. But Mets fans moaning and groaning about it. Listen, I told you that this was happening, that they were going to move what they could move and they were going to sell off what they could sell off. And listen, they did it. They sold off what they had to sell off. And you just have to accept what it is, is this is, it's a rebuild. It's a, it's a rebuild without totally blowing it up. And, you know, I, I've spoken at length about that, where they're just moving the bad money contracts and getting rid of the money, even though they're shipping money off with these deals. Obviously, they sent Texas money Towards the Scherzer deal. Scherzer's already opting in for 2024. Um, I do believe that Verlander does have a second year on his deal. So whether he stay, I don't know if it's an opt-in, I forget, or if um or if it's just a straight two-year deal. But he's gonna wind up. He's gonna wind up staying in Houston for another year, and Houston bolsters their you know, the, the, you know, their rotation, not like they really needed to, but listen, they did it. Houston's going all in on the, on, you know, on the playoff push and trying to get back to the World Series, you know, without cheating. And, you know, listen, I don't blame them. Uh, the Yankees, on the other hand, 
They were better off just doing nothing. I mean, you it's like 15, it's like 15 minutes to the end of the deadline, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm scrolling through the dumpster fire known as X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it now. And all of a sudden they, they trade for a reliever from the White Sox, and then they trade for a reliever out of Texas and Spencer Howard, who then they option to Scranton Wilkesbury. Because that's getting us to a World Series. That's making us a championship caliber team when we have legitimately no decent left fielder at all. It's been a problem all year. And Cashman, again, does not address it. And then Cashman gives you, like, the dumbest fucking outlook on it where, kind of to paraphrase it, he goes, well, hopefully these choices were good choices and we can only learn from bad decisions or whatever it is he said. Um, I didn't watch the press conference. I just seen clips of what he said, uh, you know, around the internet. And he just doesn't have a clue. He doesn't have a clue why his fan base is still upset. And the loser in all this with the Yankees is really Aaron Judge. The people are saying he made a mistake in saying in New York. But listen, Judge, Judge was all about his legacy and wanting to be on one team and even though San Francisco offered more, he took less to stay here. And Judge is going to go down with the ship. You know, obviously, you know, Judge comes out and he says, you know, we got to play better uh, after losing the Tampa last night. Uh, Carlos Rondon simply didn't have it. He must like the number four because he only pitched four innings, four hits, four runs, whatever it was, four strikeouts, four walks, all fours across the board. And losers yet again, we are. And at this point, between both franchises, if you if you have, especially with the Yankees, where you have these kids that are playing so well in AAA, bring up Esteban Floreal. Bring up, you know, or bring up these kids. You know, bring back up, uh, you know, Oswaldo Peraza. Bring them back up. Bring them back up. Let them play. Let's see what they are. And, you know, that's really what it is. I mean, you've seen all the deals, obviously, uh, with Bo Bichette being hurt in Toronto. They go and they get Paul DeJong out of um, St. Louis. Uh, they were looking at IKF. The Blue Jays were. And I just don't think that move would have made sense for the Yankees to do within the division. I get we've seen interdivision trades before in, in every division. Doesn't matter whether it's the AL or the NL. We have seen it. I don't think it makes sense to do business with somebody in your own division to help them get better to totally just beat that living piss out of you. Uh, what we would have gotten for IKF, probably new batting practice helmets and maybe a, a, a batting cage. I don't know. I don't know what you would have gotten for them. Uh, you also seen where the Padres, they go and they get Rich Hill and G-Man Choi out of Pittsburgh. Um, you knew that was happening. You knew at this point Pittsburgh's just going to sell off what they can, and they're going to sell off the guys that are here on one-year deals. And, you know, that's just really kind of what the Pittsburgh Pirates always do. You know, if you, if you ask me, I don't think this trade deadline was – explosive at all. And it's just not because the Mets sold off and the Mets and the Yankees did nothing 
And, you know, I was getting messages all day. You know, the Yankees are going to do something. You know, I listened to your episode and you're going to be wrong. Cashman's going to make that explosive deal. Well, it's funny how I said it around the same time yesterday as I'm saying it today. But this time I was right. And those who thought he was going to do it, you were wrong. That's why I do a podcast and that's why you listen. That's why I know what I'm talking about. And that's why you don't. Because those who thought that Cashman was actually going to pull off a miracle and maybe get a left fielder or maybe get the third baseman from the Nationals who debuts with the Cubs and has four hits in his debut, which is something no Cub has ever done, okay? Um, yeah, you still believe in the fucking Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus if you really thought Cashman was going to do something. If you still believe that this is a championship caliber team, you're being fooled by what Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner are telling you. Because it's not. Watch the product. Watch it. You know, when you go into this offseason this year, Yankees and Mets, the Mets have already told you this is the start of building organically. And that it's going to be, again, a transition year. Where don't expect us to be that fiery team, but we're going to try to stay competitive above board. And the Yankees are telling you that they're just confident with mediocrity and whatever will be, will be. You know, if we win, we win. We lose, we lose. You know, people are still showing up to the games and money's still going into the registers and credit cards are still being swiped. So we really don't have to do anything to appease you, the fan, Who's sick and tired of all the bullshit. That's what Cashman's telling you. Billy Epler's telling you. Listen. We failed with this build. Because they did. And all the. And blame could go around with everybody. You know. It could go from Shaw Walter to Epler. Up to Steve Cohen. This team that they built. Did not pan out. But it's like anything else. You're a franchise that's sick and tired of losing. You're sick and tired of, you know, the hopes. It's, okay, we start off hot, you know, and they give you this this feeling that this is the year and then the bottom just falls out. And it's the same thing with the Yankees. Start off hot and then one thing happens and another thing happens. Before you know it, you can't even beat the Orioles. You can't beat the Rays. You can't even beat the friggin' Angels. You can't even beat the Rockies. Okay? And if I'm Aaron Judge, I just kind of say my foot still hurts and just ride the bench. And if anybody's seen the seen the picture of it last night, there's, it's him, Rizzo, and Volpe standing on top of the dugout on the railing. And Judge has got the iPad and he's watching film. And there's Volpe chewing gum and Rizzo just looks defeated. And that's what this Yankee team is this year. Defeated. They look broken. It's, you know, it's it's kind of like Ralph Macchio in the Karate Kid where he keeps getting his ass kicked. And you just know at the towards the end of the movie, he's going to do the ass kicking, right? Well, this is different. Because right now, the rest of Major League Baseball is Cobra Kai, and they're beating the shit, 
out of Daniel LaRusso, which is the whole entire New York Yankee franchise. They have no fight. There's no fucking Miyagi-isms to save them. There's nothing. So, what the fuck? I, I understand the position the Yankees are in. Cashman wasn't going to make the flashiest of moves, but you could have got a decent left fielder. I mean, we've seen what some of these guys got moved for. One or two minor leaguers, probably single-A players. Uh, teams, some, Pittsburgh made a deal with, I forget who, and all they got back was international cap space that they, like, never use. So, I mean, you could, you could rank... You could, to me, I give this trade deadline a, a solid C. And part of it is you they, that the Angels did take Shohei Otani off the trade market. Cody Bellinger was taken off the trade market. The White Sox traded pretty much everyone off but, but Dylan Cease, who I think they're going to showcase as their ace now. It doesn't matter because the White Sox ain't going to win much either. You know, the Padres, for whatever reason, still think they're in it. Uh, they obviously they don't move Soto. They get another pitcher, you know, even though Rich Hill is like 855 years old and has played on like 13, 14 MLB teams. He's like, he's like this decades R.A. Dickey, <laughs> you know, but this deadline was just, it was just a joke for both franchises. I mean, the, the, the Mets pretty much just told you Epler and Cohen just said, yeah, we're throwing in the white flag. Uh, eventually you'll see the, the, the baby Mets up here and eventually in the Bronx, you're going to see the young kids up when it doesn't affect the service time because everybody still tries to manipulate that. And we might as well just get ready for the NFL season. We might as well just accept the fact that this is what it is. You know, if you're a Met fan that doesn't want to watch that don't watch. If you're a Yankee fan, that I never watch. I never. I don't ever not watch a game. And then all of a sudden, now you decide not to. Then are you a fan? No. You're not. Am I? Am I pissed with this deadline? Yes, I am. Because again, the Yankees could have did something. They could have said, "Listen, all right, we only have to jump three teams. It's only August second. We could still go on a uh, on a tear if everything pans out right. You know, I'm seeing tweets, fire Sean Casey, it's his fault. It's everybody's fault. And when you look at both franchises, again, there's enough blame. I said it earlier. There's enough blame to go around. It's not just the players for, for not playing up to the expectations they're supposed to play to. It's not just the coaches. It's not just... The GMs, it's the owners, it's the medical staff, it's the training, uh, training staff, it's the coaching staff, it, it's it's everything across the board for both franchises. And you know, people are like, well, you know, now we should just fire Boone. Firing Boone now does nothing. It would be the same as if you fired Buck Walter right now. If if Brian Cashman and Billy Epler woke up this morning and said, you know what, I'm gonna rock the boat now. You're three quarters into the season too late. Way before the deadline, when these implosions started happening, is when you should have made that decision. 
But now you can't. Now you're stuck with it. Now in the offseason, could you move on from Buckshaw, Walter, and Aaron Boone? You absolutely could. What you replace them with is the big question mark. For me, I think the Yankees should really consider, I'll probably get flack for it, and I might not, but I would seriously consider luring, luring friggin' Don Mattingly out of Toronto. Because at least when Don Mattingly managed the, the, the Marlins and the Dodgers, he at least got them to play. If I'm not mistaken, I do believe Don Mattingly won a World Series with the Marlins. I know Joe Girardi sure as fuck did. You know, but Buck, I think, has more of a chance of losing his job than Aaron Boone. And it's really simple why. Because Boone is the yes guy. Boone's going to harness the blame. Boone's the guy on the front line taking all the questions and answering them and and saying what they're telling him to say. And Buck Walter really doesn't want to do that. At least in my opinion, I could be wrong. I don't watch a lot of Buckshaw Walter press conferences, but from what I've read, that's my perception of it. Boone, it's just more he's going to take the bullet for Cashman, and I don't know why, because really your problem now is Cashman. Yes, Boone makes boneheaded decisions. Was Boone the right hire for this team? No, he was not. I'm sorry. Again, you don't give a guy who was on ESPN that never managed and give him the opportunity to coach one of the most historic baseball teams in baseball history. You just don't do that. You got to start somewhere, and Aaron Boone gets handed the cream of the crop when he should have been in the minor leagues and started there and built his way up. I mean, I get, you know, his whole family's involved in baseball. From his dad being a player to a coach, to his brothers being players, to Aaron Boone himself being a player, now a coach. But Boone's not the answer. Maybe Don Mattingly isn't the answer. But the Yankees need to figure out what it is. And what I mean the Yankees, I mean Hal Steinbrenner needs to make some hard decisions. You need to fire Brian Cashman. You need to cut ties with Aaron Boone. You need, again, to clean house. You just have to do it. I don't get how hard it is. You look at this product for the past decade, again, and it's so repetitive, but it's true. What have they done? This team has no fight. It has no heart. It, it's like, it's like Shang Tsung came out of the Mortal Kombat video game, showed up in the Bronx, and just stood on the pitcher's mound and looked at all the Yankees and just fucking sucked the souls out of them and said, "Your souls are mine." And they're just lifeless out there. There's no heart. There's no emotion. There's no nothing. It's it's lost. And the only way you're going to get any of that back is you got to rock this fucking boat in the offseason. And you and Hal's got to find his nuts and just... He's got to... You got to hear the voice of the people is what Hal has to do. And I'm sure he reads it. I'm sure he hears it. I'm sure he sees it on TV. I'm sure he hears it on sports talk radio. I'm sure he hears it everywhere he goes. 
it's not one second in a day where you can't not walk down the street or walk into a business or go to go somewhere to eat and not hear how bad the Yankees are. And it's the same thing with the Mets. Everybody's talking about it. I said it yesterday. This should be the greatest time for both New York baseball franchises where they should both be winning and they should both be on top of their respective divisions. And yet, they're both sitting in the same spot. They're both sitting in a state of mediocrity. They're up Shit's Creek with no paddle. They're in the same boat. And they're just headed for disaster. I rather, honestly, I rather them had yesterday, I think they would have had a better trade deadline if they sold off LeMayhew and Rizzo and IKF and Severino and whoever else is pretty much a player that's contract is up. Or has another year on it where it's like, listen, we'll send you the money for it. And then you use that money to pay him. Like in Rizzo's case, like I think he has another year or two left. He probably has, actually, I think he has two years left. You just move that. But we want these prospects in return. And the issue is, is that like the Yankees with Glaber Torres. The Marlins were making a hard push for Glaber Torres. And the Yankees were asking for this ridiculous haul back. And I understand Glaber Torres has been hitting pretty decent this year, but he still makes his infield errors. He still makes his base running blunders. What would you what were you really gonna get for him? And the question now is when you look at the free agents who are gonna be out there in in twenty at the end of the twenty twenty three season, let's see if Yahoo Sports has it. Let's see. Let's see if they have it here. Of course, they don't have the list of it. Or maybe they do. Let's see. I hate my job. They fucking block everything here. I don't understand. It, it, it's freaking not like I'm clicking on porn or anything. You know, that's what we have cell phones for. I'm just putting that out there. Uh... All right, so obviously it's not giving it to me, but I could give, I could, you know, do that at any other point. Uh, let's see. No, this is just giving me, yeah, this is just giving me from from the from the previous year. So obviously, you know, the biggest free agent that's going to be out at the end of the twenty twenty three year is going to be Shoatani, and we already know. Listen, if you think the Mets made these moves to 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 collect money or save money. Obviously, they didn't save money because they shipped a ton of it to Texas and to Houston to cover the Scherzer and, and Verlander deals, at least for this year, okay? If you think he's coming here knowing what the what the Mets were this year, he's not coming here. He's not coming to the Bronx. I said it before. He's staying on the West Coast. He'll wind up being a Dodger. That's just what's going to happen. Um, you know, again, 
it wasn't, you know, the the deadline wasn't explosive the way we, we know it's always been or could have been. And a lot of it circles around, obviously, in New York with the Yankees and the Mets being good at the same time, where it's, all right, who could we get to push us over the top? But this year is more like, what can we do to rebuild? What can we do to get pe- people in place to replace guys that are going to be free agents in a year or two or three years down the line? This was one of those where... I don't think any Met fan was excited about it because you knew they weren't going to make the splash. The Yankees weren't going to make a splash. And Cashman just made two ridiculous trades. I guess just because, I guess maybe he felt they had to. But we didn't need two bullpen arms. We needed a left fielder, and that's what you could have went out and got. You could have explored any option. I mean, you had all friggin' day. You had weeks up until this point to to look at other teams' rosters and look at a left fielder who may not be the sexiest name that you didn't have to give up a lot for or pay a lot for, but you could have made some sort of a deal to get a left fielder here that could play every day and at least hit for contact and and help produce something, but you didn't do it. Instead, we get some kid from from Chicago, and we get Spencer Howard. Great fucking job, Cashman. Great fucking job. Oh, it's, it's, it, it's disgusting. But with that being said, I got to take care of some inventory stuff here at work. Um, it, You know, it's... It's just a sad state of affairs in New York baseball. And I think I think we've beaten it to death at this point. I don't know if I can keep doing episodes about New York baseball. Thank God football is here. So we will start delving back into that uh, as far as training camp. Um, you know, the next few episodes will probably go across, across the whole league. Uh, as far as different teams' training camps, obviously, um, I'll leave the Steeler one for Steel and Teal talk. Because always then, what am I going to have to talk about on a Saturday night at 8 o'clock at night? So, with that being said, again, i just like to thank everybody who follows, retweets. Uh, yeah, I still didn't write a list, sorry. Uh, so, I'll try to get as many of you out as I can. Uh, obviously, check out my guys, Brett and Dave, who are coming up on a milestone of three years. I believe it is, of uh, doing their show. Um, Also check out all of Brent's 855 solo shows that he does. Uh, Go check out Garrett and Jalen at Two Dudes with Sports News, as well as Garrett's solo project, Is This a Bad Take? I believe he is doing this one this week on Jonathan Taylor. Just not sure when it's coming out. Uh, Also check out myself and Garrett on Steel and Teal Talk, which we do every Saturday and release either Monday or Tuesday. Check out Aaron at Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. Check out uh, Sports Bliss or Robin Chris, Level the Playing Field. Check out my man at Average Joe Sports Podcast. Um, if you're into betting, definitely check out You Bet Sport, uh, you Bet Smart Sports Podcast as well as Neat's Daily Wagers. If you're into pro wrestling, check out John Wrestling Fans Insight as well as Wrestling World with Austin Boyer. Um 
freaking 6 30 in the morning i can't remember shit so but to all the other podcasts you know who you are and as always it's a huge thank you uh again without followers without listeners without the support i don't think any of us are doing this and to end it here um i did get i i was asleep last night and i got a message uh i'm not gonna say who the person is but again with this whole why do you when you put your episode out why do you shout out all these other podcasts for like aren't you in it to build yourself up it's listen and I responded to it this morning with there's enough room at the table to eat, like I always say, because it's true. And you always support those that supported you when you started out. So if you're one of those that doesn't like that we support each other, do me a favor. Just just, just do me this favor. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay, that's that. But with that being said, to everybody who follows, listens, retweets, even non-podcasters, uh, you know, like my buddy Brandon is catching up on all the past episodes. I thought my buddy Rob, who who checks in every now and again, um, you know, without any of them, without any of you, fan in the van ain't happening. So, again, a thank you to all. Everybody stay safe. And as always, peace.